Thank you for listening to Quest Church San Diego. If you would like to know more about us, please visit us online at questsd.com. Again, that's questsd.com. If this podcast has been an encouragement to you, or if you would like to know more about Jesus, please email us at info at questsd.com. Thank you for listening. So uh, today we are continuing our Corinthian series, but... uh, Starting uh, the book of 2 Corinthians, and if you've been with us over the past uh, six months or so, at the beginning of the year, we started looking at these two letters that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, which he started and planted during his second missionary journey. You can read about the backstory in Acts chapter 18. During Paul's missionary journey, he would normally uh, spread the gospel and share the gospel in certain cities and look for opportunities to start a church, make disciples, raise up leaders, and then travel on. And uh, the book of Acts tells us that Paul spent 18 months in Corinth, and uh, Corinth was a very affluent city. It was a coastal port city. There was a lot of uh, finance and commerce and trade. There was a lot of sports as well, a center of sports and big uh, Olympian games, uh, and uh, there was a lot of religious establishments. So it was very similar to San Diego, California, uh, and uh, not only in its climate and in its uh, uh, culture, but uh, also in its spiritual condition. And so Paul was writing this letter to the church in Corinth to encourage them. In fact, There were many letters that Paul had written back and forth to this church. Some scholars say that there was at uh, the least four, and we only have two in our scriptures, uh, those other two being lost. But uh, there was correspondence back and forth because there were some challenges and some struggles, issues that were happening in the church, and uh, Paul addressed the, the issues of division and pride and arrogance in the first section of chapter uh, first section of 1 Corinthians and uh, he also addressed practical issues of worship and and uh, how to uh, to gather as the church he addressed uh questions that the church had about uh marriage and family uh about spiritual gifts about the resurrection and uh what happens to people after they die. And so Paul was addressing practical, theological issues in his first letter. And uh, if you remember, Paul had to be very uh, bold and strict with his uh, letter. And uh, it was very hard for Paul as the pastor to say certain things because the world was influencing the church at this time. And Paul was saying, listen, if you're going to live as a follower, you need to look different than the world. And uh, influence the world for Christ, not be influenced by the world. And so Paul talked a lot about holiness, and there was an issue of immorality there in the church. And so Paul had to say some really hard things. Now, uh, as we transition into 2 Corinthians, Paul is uh, addressing uh, some ongoing concerns. However, this letter is much more personal and Paul shares a lot more about his personal experiences and his sufferings and his trials. And it's not like Paul the Apostle, if you've read much of the New Testament, to talk about himself. In fact, he didn't like to talk about himself. He would talk more about the sufferings and his weaknesses versus his accomplishments. 
It, however, it was necessary for him to address these things because in between these two letters, there were those who were infiltrating the church in Corinth and accusing the Apostle Paul of uh, being a false apostle. And they were attacking his character and his ministry. And so Paul, in this epistle, is defending his character and ministry. And uh, so we also see that the church was responding well to Paul's first letter. And uh, there's a lot of change and there's a lot of growth. So uh, today we're going to be looking at this theme of comfort. And I thought it would be a great uh, theme to talk about on Mother's Day. Uh, we don't have a very specific Mother's Day message today. We're going to be looking at this chapter. However, mothers need a lot of comfort. Can I get an amen on that? <laughs> yes, because of all the trials and tribulations. And you might be thinking about some of those who were just walking through the aisles. Those little kids are your trials and tribulations sometimes, but they're, they are your blessing as well. And uh, so we're going to look at the God of all comfort today, and I just want us to remember this main point as we read through this chapter, that God's sympathies, or his comfort, or his mercy, or his, his care, or his consolation, God's sympathies are certain in all of our sufferings, in all of the trials and tribulations and afflictions that we experience in life. And we're going to see this in four ways. It's a very simple outline. You can jot this down in your notes or on the side of your page if you'd like. First, we're going to be introduced to Paul's beloved audience, and uh, that's the church there in Corinth. Second, we're going to see God's blessed condolences, his comfort and condolences during our times of suffering and trial. Third, we're going to see God's boundless deliverances that he provides for us in those tribulations. And then lastly, we're going to see the confidence that we have in the promises of God, that his promises are true, yes and amen. He'll always keep his promises although uh, his timing is a little different than ours. So, jumping into 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1, we read, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints who are in all of Achaia, grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is a very common introduction for Paul's epistles in the New Testament. We see him introduce himself and those who are accompanying him uh, in the writing and in the ministry. In this example, it's Timothy, and Timothy was a young pastor who was an apprentice and mentored by Pastor Paul. He accompanied Paul in various missionary journeys, and uh, he was dispatched by Paul to various cities to be a pastor and a shepherd. However, he had... Uh, some t he was t timid and quite fearful. Uh, and so Paul would encourage him to be bold in the gifts that God had given him. So uh, Timothy is with him. Now we also know at the tail end of 1 Corinthians in chapter 16 that uh, Paul mentions various people and their ministry and service and how that ministry refreshed them. And Timothy was one of those. He devoted himself to the ministry of the saints so he was serving the Lord faithfully, and he was being honored. But uh, Timothy is, is helping uh, Paul during this time. And uh, so we also see that Paul addresses the church, the church of God. Now we need to remember uh, in the context of this writing that there was just one church there in Corinth. Now it's not like our culture today where you can go to any church that you want. There's so many churches just in a one-mile stretch. And uh, if God were to address 
The church of San Diego, it would include many, many churches. Those who are saints, those who have the grace of God, those who are forgiven by the blood of the Lamb, those who are in relationship and redeemed and born again, right? These are the church of God. God would speak to his church. And we need to remember that the church belongs to God. It's, uh, you know, the scriptures tell us that, uh, well, Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That Jesus is the cornerstone of the church. He's the great and good shepherd. He's the door. The church, you and I, we belong to him. And so this is being addressed to the church that was meeting in Corinth, to all the saints who are in this region. And he says, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we might read these words and just put them on a t-shirt or on a chain that we would wear around our neck or, or our ankle or our wrist. But we need to remember that God's grace is so abundantly available to you and I. And ultimately, Paul says that grace and peace that we would experience in life comes from the source of God himself. That any peace that you would experience comes from God. And uh, grace ultimately is God's unmerited favor. In fact, Paul would say in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, that it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not of yourselves. It is the gift of God not of work so that no one can boast. So God has extended his grace to us in the person of Jesus Christ, uh, enabling us to have a redeemed, reconciled, forgiven relationship back with God. And God is the source of grace, uh, but he's also the source of peace. And when you experience the grace of God, then you experience the peace of God. Now, peace is experienced in a couple of ways. One is having a right relationship with God. Uh, Being at peace with God. Because the Bible says that our sin has separated us from God. That because of our sin, there's enmity between us and God. And that we are fighting against God in our sin. But the bridge is made through the grace of God through Jesus Christ. And now we have been brought near and we can have peace with God. That's the most peaceful relationship you can ever experience. You might not have peace right now in your home. But you can have, well, just because kids are kind of wild and running around and There can be issues and struggles in life. It's just a part of life. But ultimately, having our lives rooted in the peace of God because we've experienced the grace of God. And that's the most important relationship that you can have. But you can also have peace in the midst of the storm. Jesus uh, was with the disciples one time out on the Sea of Galilee and uh, there was a great storm and they were worried and Jesus wasn't worried. Jesus was asleep in the boat. And the disciples went to Jesus and woke him up and they said, don't you care that we're perishing? That's the wrong question to ask Jesus in the midst of the pain and trial and the storm. Of course he cares. In fact, if this chapter teaches us anything, is that God cares so dearly about you that he has drawn so close to you in all the variations of heartache and pain that you could experience in life to say peace to the storm, but peace to your soul. Experience the peace of God. And uh, these are just wonderful truths to wrap around our hearts uh, as we jump into this letter by Paul. And he says in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. Everyone say comfort. This comfort is what everyone is needing in life. That God is the source of comfort through Jesus Christ, who comforts us in all of our tribulation, 
that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. That's a lot of comfort. Just in those short verses, we see comfort mentioned multiple times. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Now, if we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or if we are comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope for you is steadfast, because we know that as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, so also you will be partakers of God's consolation. So we see Paul's audience, as mentioned earlier, this church that was repentant. In fact, there is great joy in Paul's letter, and we see that even in this first chapter, that the church is beginning to respond to Paul's encouragement and exhortation and admonition that uh, he mentioned in his previous letters. This church is repentant and conforming to the image of Christ, but uh, there's also a growing faction of false teachers that are attacking Paul and causing, once again, division. And so Paul mentions this at the tail end of the first letter um, that he wrote to the church. And he said, There is a great and effective door and opportunity, however, It comes with much adversity. Now we're going to see in this first chapter the types of adversities that Paul was experiencing. However, his affliction was tempered by the consolation of Jesus Christ in his life. And as a just a loving pastor and a servant, Paul extends that comfort to the church in Corinth who were experiencing similar sufferings and difficulties. And uh, there's this saying that every single one of us has either gone through a storm or a trial, are about to enter into one, or are just coming out of one. That life is consistent with suffering and trial. Now we know that the half-brother of Jesus, James, wrote in his letter that we should count it all joy when we encounter trials of various kinds. For we know that the testing of our faith produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. And so God is working in our lives uh, something deeper and more spiritual in the affliction and pain that we experience. Uh, So we can trust him in the storm. But Peter even goes on to say in his epistle that we should think it not strange when we encounter trials of, of these types. That anyone who desires to live a godly life in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Now we can suffer affliction because of things that we, uh, decisions that we have made that were foolish in our lives. And there's consequences to those. But we can also suffer affliction because we're a follower of Jesus Christ. Because we stand for righteousness and truth and for faith. I know many people in these past couple, couple of years, they were teachers in uh, the public school system. And they were being instructed to teach certain things that were against their deeply held religious beliefs based on the scriptures concerning various topics and issues. And they were afflicted. They were persecuted. They were pushed out. They lost even their jobs. They had to make a decision. There was some suffering, but I saw so much growth personally, deep commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we can all go through various types of experiences like this, but we also know that over these past couple of years, there has been a tremendous amount of despair and affliction, and of pain. And Paul, I think, so wonderfully presents for the church and for us today 
this blessed condolences of God, the great mercy and compassion of God. In fact, mercy here, the word, means the heart of compassion, the seed of compassion. And Jesus, if you remember during his ministry, when he looked out upon the multitudes, he was moved with compassion because there were so many people who were broken and hurting and uh, they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were scattered. And when you have compassion, that the type of compassion that Jesus had, it moves you to action. And so we see a couple of things here. We see God's consolation. And that consolation is available for us in whatever affliction we may experience. But also this word comfort is a very similar word that is used to describe the Holy Spirit. It's a compound word in the Greek, parakletos, which is to come alongside and to comfort. And so God is drawing near to us. That's really the idea of comfort. You can't comfort someone from a distance. So God is not interested in a long-distance relationship with you. He wants a close relationship with you. He wants to sit down in your pain. He wants to get into the storm, in the eye of the storm maybe, and offer that comfort. Paul says that this is comfort in all situations. You see that small little word there, all? That's every situation we may experience. That God gives peaceful mercies of compassion to those who are experiencing piercing misery in life it could be cutting you deep in your soul and in your heart and in your life it could be so much pain under the surface that no one sees in fact I just saw a report recently uh, about sailors on the USS Ronald Reagan that over these past couple of months there has been a spike in uh, in suicides on the ship by sailors because of the anguish and the despair and the situation. I mean, I don't understand all of this, what's going on in their, their hearts and lives, but I deployed with the Ronald Reagan uh, on my ship to the Middle East, and I know the conditions that are uh, going on, and I see other military men and women here in this room, the conditions that go on on a ship and the depression that can accompany those who are away from their loved ones and wives and missing out on their child's birth and the rigors of war that can cause deep scars and wounds in the soul and in the mind. And I want to encourage you that if you are experiencing those types of pains and miseries, piercing, that there's only one source of comfort, and that is the comfort of God. There's only one source of peace, and that is the peace of God. You see, before I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ, I tried to cope with the pain. I tried to self-medicate the pain. I tried to ease the pain with other things. But the problem was it was never satisfying. It never lasted. The pain was there the next morning. And uh, for many of these sailors and other people, uh, we've also seen a tremendous spike in depression and mental illness in students and elementary, going on down even into the young elementary ages and the, the despair that kids are experiencing because of what they see on TikTok and how they're supposed to live and how they're supposed to dress and how they're supposed to shake and how they're supposed to dance and how they're supposed to, whatever it is, and the Snapchat. And all this is causing so much anxiety and depression. And there is a source, a deep well of comfort that only God can give. And he's extending that to you and I through his son Jesus Christ. Piercing misery and pain and heartache. There's peace 
and mercy of God. In fact, his mercy is new every single morning. And this brings up the very real reality of life, the consternations of life, the pain and the trial. But Paul says there is no problem where God's comfort is not present. In fact, Jesus says, if anyone is weary and heavy burdened, come to me and I will give you rest for your soul. The book of Psalms tells us that God is, draws near to those who have a, a broken and contrite spirit and he saves those who are crushed in their souls. There is a weight of depression potentially upon your heart and upon your life and no one knows it, but it's so dark. It's a dark cloud that is over your life and I want to tell you and encourage you that Jesus Christ will step right into that darkness. He will shine his perfect true light. He will reveal his love to you. If you're open to accepting and receiving the grace of God and the peace of God and the mercy of God, it will radically change your life. Now that's not to say you won't experience discomfort from that point on, but it is to say that you will be sustained through it. In fact, Paul says that God intends to use this type of pain in our lives for the good. In fact, Scripture tells us that God works out all things for good to those that love him and are called according to his purpose. Even though we might not see or understand how God is working in the pain, he's developing our character to look more like Jesus Christ. But he's also building up a tolerance of pain so that with the comfort we have received, we can give that same sort of comfort. To other people. You know, yesterday I was sharing at our men's breakfast. Uh, I don't know if you know this about me, but over the past couple of years I've been uh, learning fly fishing and I have really enjoyed it. Uh, it was just a couple of years ago, I, I had never caught in a fish with a fly rod. And uh, so I have been learning from my mentor and uh, professional fly fisherman. And I've been going on certain trips. And uh, one of the principles that uh, he has taught me, it's a phrase, that uh, is, um, it's uh, uh, match the hatch, match the hatch. Now, basically what that means, look, I'm just going to lose all the moms right now. It's just, whoo, I don't know. Maybe you are a fisherman. That's a fisherwoman. I don't, that's good. But uh, stay with me. I'll keep this short. Um, just in the sense of, um, you know, there's all kinds of bugs that grow in the lakes and the waters. And the fish are eating on those bugs. And they start off as little larvae, they float to the surface, they hatch out of their little cocoon, and they fly off. But the fish are eating on this. And if you want to catch the fish, you need to understand what the fish are eating. And uh, so you would uh, know what type of fly to use. And uh, I just want to use that as a very simple analogy in the sense of what God allows us to go through and the pain and the misery that we experience. There is such great comfort that we can match, listen, we can match the misery that is going on in other people's lives. What do I mean by that? I mean, there are things that people, there are things that are going on in people's lives that you have gone through already. You've gone through the diagnosis of cancer. You have gone through the shortages in finances. You have gone through the loss of a loved one. All of these sorts of pains and miseries when you look out upon other people in your life, you can match that with the comfort of God. And you can tell and share with them, God has comforted me. He's helped me. He's encouraged me. And God intends to use the affliction that we go through in life to bring others compassion. 
to understand their sympathies. But listen, we can't do that from a distance. So we come and we uh, draw near to people as well. God gives us his comfort so that we can give the comfort to other people. And Paul talks about the type of misery that he experienced. We can see that in verse 8. Paul says, For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even to life. That's a very heavy heart. It's a very intense situation. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death. Everyone say delivered. God gives us comfort. He gives us his condolences, but he also delivers us. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers every single one. Such a great death and does deliver us in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. Now look at verse 11. You also helping together in prayer. You see how Paul wasn't alone. He had the support and the encouragement of those in the church in Corinth who were praying for him during his affliction. And those prayers were for us, that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. For our boasting is this, the testimony of our conscience, that we conducted ourselves in the world in simplicity, in godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but with the grace of God, and more abundantly toward you. For we are not writing any other things to you, than that which you read and understood. Now I trust you will understand even to this end, as also you have understood us in part, that we are your boast, as you also are ours in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul pulls the veil back a little bit on his trial and on his suffering. And he offers the church God's boundless deliverance in our pain. Now, Paul also mentioned this in 1 Corinthians. He said that no temptation is going to overtake you as such as is common to man. But with the temptation will provide a way of escape. He will strengthen you and you will not allow you to because God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can handle. Now, that deals with temptation and sin, but temptation also deals with heartache and affliction. So God is faithful. He's going to deliver you and I from the troubles and from the snares and from the difficulties. You see, Paul experienced intense agony and suffering as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But notice what is unique about our trials as a follower of Jesus Christ. Oftentimes, God is not removing us from the situation. He's reinforcing us within the situation so that we can endure it and learn the lessons that he's trying to teach us. You see, you and I don't have to change our situation to experience God's consolation. No matter what situation we're in, we think, oftentimes we think, well, if this would just end. Well, if our circumstances would just change. Well, if things could be different. Well, maybe God doesn't want it to be different. Maybe you need to be in that melting pot. Maybe you need to be in that furnace of fire so that God can refine your heart and your soul and your character. 
See, oftentimes we want to run from the situation, but God says, listen, I'm going to comfort you in the midst of the situation, in the midst of the heartache, in the midst of the pain. You can receive the consolation of Christ. And how was that delivered to Paul? Well, it was delivered directly through the comfort of God and the Lord Jesus Christ and his mercies. But it was also delivered by the people of God. Do you see that? They were praying for him, lifting him up. That's a wonderful source of encouragement. Mothers, do not stop praying for your children. It is an eternal investment that will continue on into all of their lives. And uh, praying for God's blessing and God's provision and God's comfort and God's will and God's direction. And uh, to get a hold of their hearts and, and of their lives, even as a young age. To not stop praying for those. So, could it be that we know people in our life group or in uh, worship ministry, if we serve in the worship ministry, or in the hospitality ministry, or in our church, uh, or in our neighborhood, or in our family, that needs the comfort of God. The best way that we can offer that comfort is to pray for them, to lift them up, to encourage them. And I see that happening across our church and our ministries. But uh, that really comes from a heart of compassion the compassion of Jesus Christ. And uh, I think there was a quote by, uh, might be, it's either C.S. Lewis or A.W. Tozer, I can't remember. But uh, it says basically, it is doubtful God can use someone uh, uh, mightily until he has first broken them deeply. And there is so much understanding that comes when we go through broken uh, times in life. When we are broken, when we are hurting, when we are desperate, when we are crying out to the Lord Jesus Christ and he mends us and heals us and sustains us and strengthens us and lifts us up and walks us through the valleys of the shadow of death, there is such gentleness and there's mercy and grace with people who are battling struggles of anxiety and depression. Thinking about well, if I can't get through today, I'm just going to take things into my own hands. Or I'm just going to lose myself in that substance or whatever it is. And we could pray, we can love, we can minister, we can be delivered in whatever circumstance. And God often provides that deliverance through the people of God. Lastly, we just see here that uh, we have the confidence of God's perfect timing. Look at verse 15. And in this confidence, I intended to come to you before, that you might also uh, have a second benefit, to pass by the way to you, to Macedonia, to come again from Macedonia to you and be helped by you on my way to, to Judea. Now, Paul mentioned about his travel plans at the end of 1 Corinthians, and he's talking about how he really wanted to visit the church in Corinth. And despite his best intentions, there were obstacles that were uh, keeping him from visiting. And so the church was thinking, and other people in the church were saying, Paul doesn't really care about you. Oh, sure, he might say he wants to come, but have you seen him recently? He, didn't, he, he, hasn't, he hasn't come to the bedside, so he doesn't really care about you. And uh, so... You know, Paul was saying, I desperately desired to come and visit, but there were so many things that were uh, keeping me from doing that. In verse 17, therefore, when I was planning this, did I do it lightly? Or the things I plan, do I plan according to the flesh? That with me there should be yes, 
Yes and no, no. But as God is faithful, our words to you was not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us and by me, Silvanus and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him was yes. And verse 20 is a wonderful verse in all the Bible. You can underline it, highlight it, tweet it, whatever you need to do. Memorize it, tuck it in your heart. For all the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes and amen to the glory of God through us. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us in God, who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Moreover, I call God as witness against my soul, that to spare you I came no more to Corinth, but that we have dominion over your faith, but are fellow workers for your joy and for faith in which you stand. Lastly, we see Paul uh, offer the grace of God and the bold confidence of God in the midst of the despair and of the trial. Even though Paul desired to visit this church, as uh, mentioned earlier, there were many obstructions that were keeping him from visiting. However, Paul encourages the church that no matter what happens in life, no matter what you experience, there is one who is faithful. He will keep his promises to you. And there are so many wonderful promises in all of the scripture. In fact, um, there's a wonderful book. We should probably get it in the bookstore uh, to have with you because uh, I've read it and, and, and had it in my library as a very young Christian, even to this day. It's Praying the promises of God. If ever you get stuck in your prayer life and you're wondering what to pray, there's a little, small little book that records these various promises of God in the scriptures and it reminds us to pray these wonderful promises of God. The promises that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. The promises that we are made new in Christ Jesus. The promises that uh, all those things in our past are, um, are passed away and now in Christ we are new creations. Uh, there's such great promises that we have and uh, those promises we can hold true because God will never break his promise even though somebody may have broken their promise to you. Somebody may have said they will do this or that and they've broken their promise. God will never break his promise. He is faithful. And even though there might be a delay in God's plans, God's delays do not mean God's denials. Just because there's a delay does not mean God is denying you or has abandoned you or has forgotten about you or has put you on a shelf or is not listening to you and holding his ears against whatever you're going to say to him. Sometimes as a mom we, or, you know, as a, as a parent, it's like, how many times is our kid going to ask us? Yes, yes, no. They just wear you down, right? Over and over. I was thinking about this recently. And Sherwood, our son, he's just asking over and over again. I'm trying to think, how many ways can I answer this question, right? So, and you've answered it like 50 different ways. And he keeps asking and keeps asking. Well, you know what? You can keep asking of your heavenly father. He's so gracious. He's not going to turn you away. And uh, he's going to fulfill his promises. You're not bothering him. Uh, but he desires to have that relationship with us. And even though there might be a delay in the promises, there might be a walking through the pain, it still means that God will fulfill all he has guaranteed to you and I. Do you see the wonderful encouragement as our worship team comes up and leads us in a closing song? 
You see the encouragement here that God is the God of all comfort. The comfort of God means to draw near in our pain, to bring the heart of compassion in whatever burdens you or is crushing your soul. You can find the peace and the comfort of God, the deliverance of God, and the confidence of God that he is walking with you through it and will see you through for his purpose and for his plan. So with that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word to us this morning. We thank you for your comfort that, and mercies that are new every morning. They do not run out. It is a deep well of comfort. And I pray that comfort upon the mothers today, upon the fathers today, upon the children today, upon the marriages today, upon the grandmas and grandpas today, upon our church body today, upon our world, upon those sailors on the USS Ronald Reagan. I pray you would use those Christians who are on that ship to be hope dealers or comfort dispensers to others that we would never waste an ounce of mercy that we have received from you to be wrung out and refresh and comfort others in the pain they're experiencing thank you Lord that you've accomplished this through this gift of grace through Jesus Christ And I pray if there is anyone in this room or listening online who is not at peace with God and who is like me, who for many years of my life tried to self-medicate the pain. And it only brought a deeper sense of despair because I came to the realization that it wasn't working. Let me encourage you as we sing this song to spend a quiet moment in your heart talking to the God of all comfort who will pick you up, dust you off, wrap his arms around you, tell you that you're loved, not hold anything good from you, walk with you. And if you confess your sin to God, the Bible says God is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness, that you will be born again, and all the things in your past will be made new and refreshed. But you know what? I have found, and I'm even bearing witness of that today, these 25, 30 years later, after being delivered from drug addiction and alcohol, that my story is still encouraging people, and it's God's story in me. If he delivered me, I know he can deliver you. And what's your story? What's your comfort? How has God worked in your life? Lord, help us to spread that hope and comfort all across this city for your glory and purpose. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. If this podcast has been an encouragement to you, or if you would like to know more about Jesus, please email us at 
info at questsd.com. We'd love to hear from you. God bless you.